0: It's Friday. Let's talk a little moach. We're going to do a Michael Malone episode. How do you contribute to the Nuggets championship? What does this year look like for him? And here's a question. Is Michael Malone a top five coach in the NBA? We'll answer that question and more on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your Daily Devon Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us your first listen. We appreciate you guys being in an every day and checking us in on us every single day during the NBA season when we have five days, five shows a week. We appreciate you guys joining us on whatever platform that you've chosen, whether you're on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to leave us those five-star reviews. YouTube, click that subscribe button. You can also join the show if you turn on notifications and join folks like Josh and Ted hanging out with us In the chat segment, always a fun time when we record these shows live. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Adam Mares. He's director of content for DMVR. He's back from Philadelphia. And very graciously decided to join me today instead of taking uh, some time off after he got back from a work trip. I appreciate Adam joining me for you. So you get both of us twice in a week. How amazing is that? Adam, how you doing? How was your week?
1: I appreciate you uh, helping me by doing another show this week with me. So mutually uh, appreciated.
0: Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about Michael Malone. I decided that I was like, you know what? I've, I've like, I'm have like, i always like kind of interested in, in talking about Malone. Um, and so we'll talk about what he contributed to the championship. We'll talk about what does the season look like for him? I have a number of concerns. And then in the final segment, uh, we're going to get into a good old fashioned ranking. We're going to talk about top five. uh, Is Michael Malone a top five coach? Where does he rank amongst current NBA head coaches?
1: The way Uh, you teased it, by the way, made me feel like my take in that segment is going to be really hot. So I mean, I'm excited for that one.
0: Yeah, it should be a good time. Let's talk about last season. So, It was it's always really interesting in that Malone, there was a whole Reddit meme that was created in the first month and a half of the season of Fire Malone, um, and they made jokes about how often it was kind of said over on Reddit. I really enjoy Nuggets Reddit, by the way. Um, And so and like, you know, we had questions about it. I I set the bar high last season. I said they got to make the finals. I was like, they got to make the finals or firing him is justifiable given where the franchise is at. Felt a little hot to me. Felt a little – the finals felt a little hot, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. Um. And so they obviously got there, won the title, and it changes a lot of things. When you look back on last season, what is the thing about Malone's approach? Is there anything about Malone's approach that you can kind of point to and go, this is what he did really well. Like th- he, This is the biggest way that he contributed – to the Nuggets winning a championship. So
1: I, I approach this almost differently. The way you ask that makes the championship seem like it was a different thing from the process of getting to the championship. I don't think it was. Interesting. Malone to me is the same coach that he was when he first started this process. And so to me, I made a list of qualities or, or things that he brings to the table as a coach that I think brought the team to this this point. The number for the first one. What do we always hear with Jokic about his? Um, how he approaches, what he learned early on, consistency. His workouts are the same. He does them at the same time. He just shows up at the same time. It's so important to have a consistent routine. I think Michael Malone, I wonder who set that culture because Jokic talks about learning that when he got to the NBA and that I think he set the culture, but who set it for him? And I kind of think it was Michael Malone. I think he's very consistent. He's always prepared, probably prepared. Um, and I just think that that sort of consistency and structure is a huge part of what he brought to this team. And if you look at the Nuggets, they seem very structured and they seem to have a lot of consistency, at least in their approach.
0: I think for Malone, as always kind of being discussed, and rightfully so, as there, there's like different ways to phrase this, right? You could say, Michael Malone, you know, he's really emotional. He's passionate. Some would say the word hothead. Some would say extremely volatile. I thought he did a good job of corralling enough of that where he wanted them to have an edge, but he never really went so far as to go off the rails. I actually look back at March and think that that's like a really indicative time where he kept kind of being like, guys, we're going to like, we have to play deep. The season's not done. You got to defend for me a little bit. Right. And they, but they you know, didn't, they didn't, you could say yeah. like, they didn't listen to him, but so what does that I, mean? uh, to me, I think a, a lot of it is he didn't go so far as to be like, he wasn't like, I, I don't, maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe I, I, I remember I'm misre- Maybe I, I don't remember uh, one of the pressers correctly, but like he wasn't as fuming as I've seen him in different points in the past where there was kind of a, like, uh, I get it. We've, you know, we're going to be the one seed. We're getting ready for the playoffs.
1: Let me, let me, me, I think there is a little revisionist history because the way, where I think you're right is if you go through the playoffs, Michael Malone was calmer than he's ever been, especially for playoffs. And I think he felt the stakes the way you did. Like, hey, I got to get this. I got to deliver now. Like I'm on the clock. And yet he was so calm. But I don't think he was that in March. I think in March he legitimately didn't know what was going on with his team. Probably suspected what we all did. Like, okay, they're getting ready for the playoffs. But I think he was uncomfortable. I think once he got into the playoffs and saw how his team locked in, I think there was a real calmness to him. And honestly, it was halfway through that Phoenix series where it really kicked in where I think he was like, okay, this is a grown-up team. I don't, I don't have to do the the, the crazy stuff.
0: There's a bunch of things, and there are always things that you can criticize with a coach. Like Warriors coaches, Warriors fans criticize Kerr, and Spurs fans, honestly, like even did during the heyday, did criticize Pop. Like I got a lot of that. I've seen a lot of that action. Just it's natural, and that's a fan's right to criticize both players and coach. Uh, One thing I do think it's interesting is I've constantly said this: is a coach is day to day is so many decisions. It's like hundreds of decisions across a week and those are all kind of the product of, of a lot of this one thing i do think that's interesting though it, as you kind of mentioned this you said uncomfortable did they with the nuggets I, I genuinely want to get your get your thoughts on this i'm really curious as your feelings would the do the nuggets need malone to act as the uncomfortable one because of the makeup of their roster and the identity of their superstar or do you think they would genuinely be better with a coach like steve kerr who i think is one of the most laid-back coaches in the league. Like Steve doesn't get bothered by almost anything. He just kind of rolls.
1: I think the nuggets are in a different phase right now. And Steve Kerr is a guy that arrived to an already established team that hadn't gotten over the hump. So he, he was different. Malone cultivated this team over the hump. You know, he led them over the hump. So I think that the team needed this for Michael Malone in previous years, and they probably need it less from him at this very moment, especially after winning a title. Like Now you know what it takes. You know what, what, what what's there. We'll get to it in the second segment because I actually think it's an interesting one. But I think if we go backwards, Michael Malone's intensity was needed and is probably less needed, and it's encouraging that he wasn't intense in this playoff run.
0: I would agree with that. I think <laughs> probably there's a we little bit of um, chicken and the egg, here where it's like you know malone like he never really got overly stressed it's like yeah because they went 16 and 4 it's easy when you're, like you're they were never down in the series but
1: but even when it was 2-2 phoenix the only time you can really think about when things got nervous was 2-2 two, two two, phoenix two. and yeah. i just think he was very like all right we know what we got to do
0: yeah and i feel like he's had not perfect sense of that throughout the years i feel like he's had a good sense of it and gotten better like early in his, in his career, he would push and then things would go badly and he pushed harder and they would get worse. And he'd be like, if I just keep pushing harder it." W-. and then he kind of learned uh 1819, I think is when it kind of started was when he learned, like I got to back off sometimes. And then they start to like, lag- and then he pushes forward. And then, you know, and uh, some of this also is there's such a veteran group. Like this is one of the, I think the interesting questions going into the, the next season, which we'll talk about, on the other side is the question of does the, what does this team need? Was a veteran team like this need? Does this team need something different from Malone than what he's brought to the table in the past, especially after winning a championship? I think that question is really interesting going forward. We'll talk let about me, let me just
1: say one, one thing real quick though. Jokic is extremely disciplined now as a superstar. I mean, his routine and all those things. I don't I do think that there is an alternate universe where he's not that. And I'm not trying to take credit away from Jokic. Like Jokic made decisions early on in his career that led him to this. But I do think that Malone and Jokic were a perfect match early on in that way. And Jokic evolved into this very disciplined, very like methodical player that developed into the two-time MVP. And I do give Malone at least a little bit of credit because that is obviously his M.O. He's extremely regimented. And, and perhaps Jokic took something from him in, in that process.
0: That's a really interesting point on the other side. We'll talk about what does this year look like for Michael Malone with the Nuggets need from him to try and repeat as NBA champions. But first I need to tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Gosh, I wish I waited on this before I got Sunday ticket. Um, It's a great offer, though. I'm really excited. I've got my three TVs set up. Going to be watching three games at once during the NFL season. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited to finally have access to NFL Sunday ticket. Uh, so excited to bet all the games. I've already got a bunch of bets in on the Action Network app. I'm going to be adding more this week. I'm so excited for the return of the NFL. Uh, one on Florida-Utah under last night. Do, 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 do. Off to a good start with football. I'm just all downhill from here. Now's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. Visit FanDuel.com. Slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer. You won't want to miss FanDuel official partner of the NFL. We'll be right back on locked on nuggets. Back here on locked on nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Glad to have you guys with us on a Friday. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, Talk about Michael Malone and the question of this year and what they're going to need. I have been at the, um, Since the championship presser, that was like the start of it. And especially since the parade, I have very much been on a, I have, I am very much Han Solo. I've got a bad feeling about this with regards to Malone going into next year. But I want to kind of give you the floor to talk about what you think the Nuggets need from Malone next year and how he's going to approach trying to put together a title defense.
1: (laughs) I, I just, I do love though, Matt, that you always have a thing that's like, this is the thing that's going to be the worst. And you're not wrong. I do, I do think it's interesting. But here's where we differ. Malone has a very unique team in that it is half veteran and half not. And I think he is going to be more relaxed than ever with his veteran team. That's his starting lineup. And I was thinking about this. This might be the transition year or the fully transitioned year for Michael Porter where he's now a veteran. And Michael Malone, probably now, just by virtue of who's behind him and everything else, he might just be like, yeah, I'm not yelling at Mike this year. Mike is a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He's in the Nicola Jamal category now. And I wonder how for Mike, that, that you can sense that in a coach where he's like, oh, I'm in the trust club now, like not waiting entry. And so I think it could be a big deal for Mike just mentally of like, okay, I've graduated on. So I think Malone will be very relaxed with that group but I think he'll be very the opposite of that with the other group. And that's why this year is so interesting. Christian, Zeke, Peyton, and anyone else that is going to play minutes of which could be even Reggie Jackson is a veteran, but he's kind of like in that group just because of being new to the team or that with those guys, I think Malone might be a little manic, might be a little up and down, but I just think it's going to be, it's not going to be evenly distributed.
0: Yeah. I don't think that he'll be like barking at KCP on the sidelines. Right. right? I think, uh, I, I think for me, one of, there's a couple of things that, that kind of go into this. You're, you're right in that. So he was part of, he coached one of the LeBron Cavs teams. He coached with a Warriors team that was young, but was at least a playoff squad. And then, um, you know, was coaching New Orleans. He's been around the league long enough to kind of understand. And there is like a level of comfort there where, and, and it is kind of interesting of he's pushed and, pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed trying to mold this team into a championship team. And that happened, whether it was his molding or not, that happened. They're a championship squad. So there may be a level of him that's like, no, I like, that provides a level of comfort for him that he's able to not be as stressed out about what's going on, right? About what's happening. The young guys, I think absolutely. And there are going to be inconsistencies in the minutes. Like that's, we've seen that be part of, the Malone program. We saw it with, we saw it with Jamal. We saw it with MPJ. We've seen it with Christian. You know, people are like, why isn't he playing? And I'll, and like, I will definitely say this, like Christian was a lot, lot more like, I don't know what's going on there, but with most of these guys, there's definitely like a long-term program that he's always in on Of we're going to do this with you. And this is going to teach you how to, how to be an NBA player. You know, we're going to teach you the right lessons. I'll also, I do want to say this. I, I do think there's, I think there's a lot of value in that when I look at other teams around the league in particular, when I look at Houston and I look at Charlotte that teams have that these teams just have like, these guys just have carte blanche where it's like make as many mistakes as you want. Go free. There's a community episode. I really like that's like a send up of a uh, um, dead poet society where the guys like throw your books in the air. Like that's how it feels to me sometimes with these teams when it's like, no, you're like, you need to learn how to be like an NBA player. You need to have some structure, like shot selection needs to have consequences. (laughs) And so some of that I actually think has a lot of value. I think one of the things that I'm concerned with is with Malone, which I kind of talked about, like, maybe he'll settle back a little bit. I worry about the opposite, which is like, he's, he's got one and he's so hungry. Like we're going to, you know, we're, we're not done yet. And we're going yet. And you want, you don't want him to be like the job's done. Whew, that was hard. Okay, now I can retire. You want him to be to want more championships, but I do worry about the overall cumulative effect because no matter what, some of that intensity will always bleed over into the starters, and you don't. You think walk. that
1: you Jokic, think that that's a curious thing. I mean, I do think you're right that it will inevitably, like time time to time, Malone will run too hot. Yeah, but I just think that I mean, look, does he trust Jokic? Like, does he just trust Jokic. that Jokic is like he has to be on him because he still has to keep him accountable? But with his life. With oh, his children's
0: like, lives, he trusted Coleyoka. Does, does he trust Jamal? Yes.
1: Does he trust Aaron Gordon? Yes. Does he trust KCP? Yes. And I just think that Mike is now in the club. Like, Mike is the one guy that still maybe has a little bit more to prove in that in that category. But I just think that he moves from in the middle, like you know, he's in the process, to I just think he's like, no, I can trust Mike. He's been through these battles. He's done these things and it's just, he, he can take it a little bit easier on him. So for me, I just, I think Malone is going to be a little manic as you do this year. I just don't think it's going to be everywhere. I just think it's going to be focused on Very
0: isolated. Zeke
1: Nagy, Peyton Watson, Christian Brown, maybe a Hunter Tyson or a Jalen Pickett or a Julian Strother. If they play, I just think that's where the, the energy is going to be focused.
0: Reign of conduct says Matt has a bad feeling about everyone on the nuggets. That's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I have a, I don't have a bad feeling about Nicola. <laughs> I'm just, I'm like, <laughs> he's he's going to be Nicola no matter what. Like even I think
1: the important. border piece of this is the most interesting though, because I,
0: I, there, I've there i just, I've played for a lot of
1: coaches and I know when my coach doesn't trust me. It's yeah. the worst feeling on earth. And unfortunately I've, I've had to experience that at all levels. But when the coach, when you graduate from that to like, oh, now the coach trusts me, it's like a very freeing, like, a weight off your shoulders and if you're and I think Michael Porter is self-driven so I don't think this is a a thing where it's like oh finally nobody's watching me I can kick my feet up and not do the things that got me here I don't think that's Porter I think he wants to be great but there's a confidence to oh last year you play poorly in the in the game fourth quarter Bruce is going to close for you right or oh we need defense Bruce I just think this is the year where it's like no Mike is the guy Mike's like Nicola and Jamal now where it's yeah that's our starting lineup that's how we close
0: that's interesting. I don't know if I'm there yet. I think that's interesting. Um, I'm not against it. I just don't know if I'm there yet. I also think it, it's kind of. I go kind of the other way, where in the event that that's not the case, if I'm MPJ, that would be kind of the end of my patience. I agree. I agree. You know? Like if he I, hasn't, I, if if right. if it's like. I, you know, I wasn't shooting well in the finals and I still went out there and rebounded, and made plays, exactly and attacked it. the basket. I sacrificed absolutely everything. I ran to the corners. I ran to the corners like you told me to. I've done the work, yep. you know, and if he doesn't get rewarded for that with the level of trust that his contract is befitting, especially like this is the thing with the NBA. This is why it's so different than a lot of, of basketball. I talked the other day about the spectrum of what basketball is. This is one of the the ways in which the NBA is very different is that your contract dictates like should dictate a certain level of commitment from the team. Your relationship is with the team. You have a relationship with your coaches. You have a relationship with your teammates, but your professional relationship is with the team, the organization that pays you. And so from that perspective, I do kind of think that there's like uh, an interesting question. I I think that's one of the things here is there are ways in which missteps for Malone could be harmful. And that was the same case last year. You know, Mm -hmm. if he hadn't managed everything, if he hadn't gone Aaron Gordon small, if he'd shown it too much, like there's all these ways in which Malone aced it. And he deserves absolutely the confidence in those decisions. But I think that it's worth at least keeping an eye out. Like I, as an analyst, have like an eye out for these different things of trying to see there's like a checklist. And I'm like, I want to see what these look like with him going this season because a title defense in a lot of ways um, is, I don't know. I want to ask you the repeats, obviously the hardest everyone agrees on that. Uh, Is the, is the repeat harder or easier than the first one?
1: Hmm. I think it probably is different year by year. Yeah. Uh, So this year I think, man, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. See, Denver will have confidence. They have more continuity because KCP was a new piece and Aaron Gordon had not played with Jamal. So that was a little bit, even though the team is somewhat had continuity, it felt like a new team. Whereas this year, the starting lineup has total continuity. Yeah. So parts, I think it'll be easier for them to become who they are because that's just, it's going to be natural to them. But it is going to be harder in that everyone is gunning for them a little bit more. Um, teams have had a summer to kind of say like, okay, we need to, change our roster to fit what they're doing. I think it'll be challenge, more challenging in some ways, but easier in others.
0: Well the top eight guys coming back, I am kind of curious if we get another like Jokic almost every year. It's like well, we have a bunch of new guys. I feel like I've heard that from him every single November. And so I'm I'm interested to see if we hear that from him this year. But but this
1: is why again there's two teams right because there yeah. are new guys. You're right. They're just at the end of the roster. And I just wonder if like even training camp this year is easier on the veterans.
0: Cause it's like,
1: yeah, I don't need to spend energy on you. I have to spend all my energy over here with them.
0: And so what are the odds that Nicola shows up for training camp and is like, where's Jeff? <laughs> I feel like that's like a 50, 50.
1: Honestly, I, I, this is what I think for training camp this year. Jokic shows up on media day. Again, that's when he arrives in the U S yep. he participates in, you know, all of practices, but You know, maybe not all of scrimmages in the show that probably plays even less in the preseason than he did last year. And it's just a
0: very light lift
1: for him until you get to the season.
0: On the other side. Well, we've talked about the ups and downs of Michael Malone. Let's try and settle the question of where does he rank amongst today's NBA coaches? Is Michael Malone a top five coach in the NBA? We'll get to that on the other side on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets, final segment for you on a Friday. I appreciate you guys being with us. Matt Moore and Adam Morris. Again, thanks to Adam for helping me out with this episode today. Appreciate him being with me today. Uh, always love talking to, to Adam. I'm World's Finest. We'll be back on, on Monday night. We're going to skip Sunday night because of the holiday. holiday. And we'll be back on Monday night with an episode. And we're going to talk about Nuggets culture then. So tune in for that on Monday night.
1: Labor Day, by the way, one of my favorite holidays. I know that's a weird one. Tell me why. Timing of the year, it signals the beginning of fall. Not officially, but like the unofficial. Like we're in the fall. This football starting, leaves are changing, temperatures starting to get a little more bearable. It's just, it's, it's
0: optimistic. Nice. I like that. That's very nice. Uh, I was, I went to one of my favorite things in the fall is is like listening to football podcasts on my way to like pick up like. Uh, Takeout food from Fort Collins. It's just one of my things. It's like the, the fall light coming in, and like yesterday, I was doing that. It was still like 98 degrees here in Foco. But, right. right. but Still, but away, hey, really nice. only for like another week or so, and mm-hmm. we're going to start cooling off. That's true. Weather talk from the old men here on Longhorn Nuggets. Uh, you know, I saw this from Chris Bianchi, who, by the way, I love. Great follow great. on Twitter. He's Great. He
1: had uh, earliest snow ever in Colorado or in in Denver, September third. <laughs>
0: Wow. And I kept thinking, like, can you imagine it snowing this weekend? I would kick and scream. I would throw things. It would be so bad. Um, All right, so let's talk a little bit about where Malone ranks amongst NBA head coaches currently, right? And this is an interesting one because even after winning the championship, I don't personally feel like – like he's become a meme and he's become definitely – it's really funny watching Lakers fans. It's just – it's so funny like lakers fans are like this cla and they try and act like they're not bothered and it's like guys he's so far under your skin like it's very obvious how much this annoys you like and it, you should just you know and it's lakers so they can't admit it that's the that makes it all the funnier like other teams would be like yeah i hate that guy yeah but nope can't admit it just have to act like it doesn't bother you it's so funny He's in beam, but I don't feel like Malone has really garnered the national kind of respect. I think there's a love from Nuggets fans, but I'm not sure that he's being talked about as, wow, what a great coach, even after winning a championship, which is a little surprising to me, given it's not like this guy. It's not like the Nuggets were a 40 win team and then won a championship in a one off. Like this team has been a 50 plus win every year that they've had health. Right.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking because there was just because as much as I agree with you, there was just a um, I don't know if it was the GM survey or what it was, but it wasn't too long ago where he came in like fourth or fifth for votes on um, coach of the year for this upcoming year. So I agree with you that to this point, he hasn't garnered that. But I do wonder if that is changing. I'm trying to find if I could see who what it was, if it was GMs, if it was writers. I'm
0: trying to see if I could find the list. So, the coaches that I would definitely have above him, Greg Popovich. And there will be some discussion of like, di- didn't Greg, didn't Pop fall off after Tim? And it's like, well, one, they were still playoff teams after Tim. Two, um, I think when you look at the overall process, like, pops, like, there's a reason that he's garnered as much respect he, as he has I, in front of the championships.
1: I'm going to say this Uh-oh. for creative people. For most people there is a shelf life to just your creativity or your your impact. And I know people believe this because people I always see people talking about senators and congressmen there should be an age limit you fall out of at some point you kind of fall out of touch with this or that. Why would the same not apply to basketball coaches? And with yeah. and with Greg Popovich he is unquestionably one of the all-time greats. But I will say I do fall in the category where I go I don't know. What has, what has he done over the last five years or so? And is he still the same caliber of coach he was in 2014 and, and before? And I just
0: think the answer is probably not. And I don't think that's crazy. Jackson's creativity shelf life was probably the longest of anybody's. I don't know how much he he ran out though. Like the game started under his feet and he was like, he was the next tenure was horrific. It was nightmarish. Um, so would you put Malone above Pop right now?
1: Um, I think these rankings are uh, – here's my first take. I think that coaching impact is a lot smaller than what people project. I think there are a few coaches that revolutionize the game with an idea. I think there are very few who revolutionize the game with ideas, I meaning mm. they just have an endless supply. Yeah. Oftentimes it's like, oh, this coach was ahead of the curve. And then five years later everybody kind of adopted that or, or what have you. And then second, I think coaches that are bad have a greater impact than coaches that are good, if that makes sense. So that being said, I only had one coach that I thought was in a so I'm gonna cop out and do the Seth part now thing. I think it's easier to talk about coaches in tiers than it is to talk about them in actual rankings because yeah. I think you start it just almost doesn't make sense. I think there's one coach that I would definitively put ahead of Michael Malone in the tier, and that's Eric Spoelstra. I think he's the best coach in the NBA, and on all all of the aspects of coaching, leadership, discipline, connecting with your players, and then um, obviously X's and O's or strategy. I just think Spo is the one guy that I would put ahead of him. And Michael Malone beat his team in the
0: playoff. And yeah, beat him beat him in the finals. Also interesting, the idea of Spolstra is that he's like a three or four ring coach. Oh, because
1: of the LeBron? It's Lungers 2012
0: and 2013. Oh, oh, you're saying oh, those are actually the only championships he has. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he wasn't the coach for the Heat team that won in, in 06. Is that so, Pat Riley?
1: Yeah, it was Pat Riley.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, just one more. I would put Kerr above Malone. Um, Malone, but like Kerr, Kerr's for a all of-
1: dug into his some of his ideas too. But yeah, he's I, I do like Kerr.
0: I think. I think he's a great coach. I'm I'm surprised that Kerr is not on your list because I would think of all the coaches that Kerr is the one that you would probably like the most. So think about it coach. this way:
1: the style of the Warriors is Kerr, right? He took yeah. him away from ISO to this. That's one idea, and it still pays dividends because it's the right idea. But beyond that. Is there another idea, or is it just like now he's been good
0: beyond that? He embraced small ball at a stronger level than almost anyone else. But
1: again, that was 2015. Like he came in with the idea that changed the team. But is that the one? Like he had one good thing, and I'm not trying to discount how important that is. It's huge. Well, is it like and then he did this? And that's interesting
0: because I look at it as like the offense was built was a little bit was small ball for sure, but they played with a lot of centers on offense two but it was more like the off ball the constant movement moving curry off ball like the constant motion defensively is honestly where i think malone doesn't get enough credit the 2015 warriors are the first team in nba history to lead the league in pace and be number one in defensive rating Mm. so he he took and you could if you actually want to ask about like was that a totally original idea and the answer is no because you can trace that back to spolstra and how they play what they called skirmish defense right there's there's a through line there, like there is with almost everything everyone steals from each other. But I do think that Kerr deserves credit for the level of the way that the Warriors embraced chaos, especially on a defensive end to great success. I think he deserves a lot of credit for on that end. Is like when we talk about ideas, I feel like Kerr has a lot of ideas that he showcased during this time that has been in part covered up by the fact that Steph Curry can launch from 38 feet.
1: I think Kerr's a great coach. I think he's in the same tier as Michael Malone. I just, I do think it's fair again to say, did he have a bunch of ideas or he knew what this team needed to be or what a Steph Curry team needed to be. And that was his genius, but it wasn't like a multi-layered genius. It was just, this is what this team needs to be. And they're still that team that it's possible. It's just that, I mean, Daryl, you think about like Mike D'Antoni, you get, he did play multiple styles and I'm not trying to say Mike D'Antonio above Steve Kerr. What I'm saying is when you get to the spread out five out style of basketball, it's a great idea, but then what are the other ideas on top of that? Is there another one or it's like, Oh no, that's just, he revolutionized the game. But now everybody kind of knows this, this lesson and we're here. Steve Kerr has Steph Curry and he had the right way to play with him, but there are a bunch of weird things that have gone on in golden state that are, that you look at and go, if that was another coach, he'd be like, is it a zoo over there?
0: Yeah. A lot of that I think is just like, could any other coach make it work with Draymond? Maybe. Would would Draymond have been traded with any other coach? Um, So, okay. suppose S tier. Malone is A tier. Who else is in that tier with Malone for you?
1: So I, and this is where it gets even more confusing Is you have coaches. I mean, Malone is more proven now, right? Mm-hmm. So Pop, for me, it's Popovich, it's Kerr. <sighs> then you get to a, play, a coach like Carlisle and Tibbs, who have never won before. Carlisle and has. then you wonder like, yeah, but they have done, they've had Car- enormous amount of success, but they've, oh, I guess Carlisle has won. Carlisle I mean, like, has. You're right, Carlisle. So I guess I'd put Carlisle for sure there. A coach like Tibbs is tough because I think Tibbs is a genius, but also he hasn't won. And I think some of that is on him. Like there, there is a narrow genius to what he does. Yeah.
0: So two things here. One, you have in, in tiers. I do have like a kind of, I think, a ranking in my head. I would put Pop, Kerr, and Spolstra one, two, three. Not in that order. I would put Spolstra one, probably Kerr two, honestly, and then Pop three at this point. Um, And then four, I would I would have Michael Malone. I would have Carlisle right behind him. Rick's an amazing coach, but Rick also, Rick, all of the things that Nuggets fans like, criticize Malone for let me tell you about Rick Carlisle and how he's his relationship with some players have gone especially point guards by the like, way
1: I've heard I've heard in Indiana that he's maybe like softened up a yeah. little bit like maybe he's I, evolved in a. I,
0: I think he learned his lesson from yeah. how Dallas ended I think it was kind of a and, humbling thing
1: this is the other thing about coaching when who did Carlisle have when he won a title Dirk at his absolute apex, playing unbelievable ball. Michael Malone has Jokic, and do you wonder like Car- Carlisle's reputation is that he can be a little too hot, conflict with his players, mm-hmm. be a little too overbearing? You mm-hmm. can imagine taking Jokic off this team when Michael Malone spiral into being too controlling, like almost certainly. So
0: yeah, oh both man, great, both man. great
1: coaches, both deserve the wins that they got, but they are saved in part by, as all coaches are, by having great players that kind of are easy to manage. Yeah. Malone with with
0: with Luca would be yikes. Um, (laughs) Nurse, one title. Hey, one title. Two years ago, Nick Nurse was considered to be like a top three coach in the NBA. He he was, but a lot has changed in those. I agree. That's the thing. You're early
1: on this. You get a lot of credit for it.
0: Yeah. Look, I I, I've I talked to Nurse when he was in G League. I think Nick's incredible. However. like we saw at the end of the Raptors tenure, a lot of it is th- there are, when you only have, like you talk talked about ideas. There's also like, when you only have so many tricks in the bag, it gets to be pretty difficult. And also pop talked about this as at his hall of fame speech about how he was like, look, the X's and O's or whatever. We've all seen all the same things. We all know all the same stuff where everyone steals from each other. He's like, it's about the relationships that you build. And I do think that that's one area where Nick nurse benefited from what Dwayne Casey built Casey did not get credit for it and then once that at once that started to fray once it became like the strength of your relationships that nurse right nurses value across the league as a coach kind of went down like once the like you've got to have because here's another interesting one James Borrego is almost universally raved about for his X's and O's Like, and if you go back and you watch the Hornets under Borrego, there was so much stuff I liked about them from their defensive versatility to the sets that they run to how he tried to build the offense. But the problem was that Borrego couldn't handle the locker room. So it was a disaster zone. It was a hazmat zone. And all of that stuff is what's really important is there's so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes that we just do not know about to be able to identify it where it's like. If if you ask me about James Borrego, most people look like, well, he was terrible. Why? Well, look at all the games they lost. I'm like, it wasn't because of the in-game coaching. Borrego wasn't bad at in-game decision-making. He wasn't rolling out the wrong lineups. Versus, I'll tell you, with Tibbs, I think it's the opposite. Like, Tibbs is amazing at building a regular season scheme that will take advantage of everything, and he pays so much attention. His team has better prepared scouting reports and attention to detail game by game in the regular season when most players are just like, I don't even know who we're playing. But Tibbs focuses on those things. But it creates... I too, like, by the way. They don't have any higher gear. The betting side is really informed me on Tibbs, which you could say that you could, uh, it's okay if you're skeptical on that. Tibbs is one of the worst records in the NBA in the playoffs as a dog. That means that if he does not have an advantage, right. he cannot figure out ways to get wins. Versus Malone, I feel like we've seen has had the opportunity when he's been an underdog to succeed.
1: <laughs> you know, the... Tibbs is coached in Chicago and in New York. Those teams are just not dogs as often as a team like Denver. And that, I think this is honestly part of it. Like, Denver's been dogs to some teams that you're like, seriously, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, um, yeah, this is where I, – I, so are you lower on Tibbs then? Are you, are, are you like – I'm way lower on Tibbs. I mean, I think it's fine. I think it's fair. Here's the more interesting thing for me, though. Moving on from these guys, is after that, and then you have Quinn Snyder. To me, is probably in the Tibbs tier, where maybe it's like right below the mm-hmm. the Michael Malone tier that that we just went through. But Quinn Snyder's a really good coach. I think he's a really smart coach. Good exes knows he's also a guy that might have a shelf life. And look, if you told me Quinn Snyder had a Jokic, would he have won a title? Yeah. Like, I just think this is the thing, man. Like yeah. sometimes
0: you have one, and sometimes you have Rudy Gobert. And yep. like, I he- have, I have Quinn. Probably just below Carlisle at like sixth.
1: He's a good coach, and if, and if he ever gets a Jokic one day, or a, or a,
0: you know somebody like that, I I do think he can make some of it. You're, you're gonna, it. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna scoff so much at this one. Oh, here comes the Steve Clifford love. No, close the other former Orlando coach, Frank Vogel's really good. Oh, I'm not gonna scoff at that. But the, but these guys are to me again in this tier
1: in this tier for me they're the same kind of coach like Clifford Vogel yeah. um you know they're they're like the, they're in the Carlisle mold that hasn't won yet so you kind of
0: discount them but but they're flawed but here's the he- thing about Vogel right because there's coaches for rebuilding there's coaches for developing there's coaches for contending and there's coaches for championship and one of the most impressive things to me is that Malone has been all of them. Like, mm. and they've, and again, I do think that the win total stuff matters where it's like, no, no, no. Like, the consensus expectation was for you to win this many games, and he's gone over every year. Some of this, though, is again Denver. Denver always had the worst line. I mean, we laughed at them when they would come out, be like, seriously, 47 wins? Yeah, it's MVP. That's
1: accurate. Um, but so then we, I think it gets interesting because then you get into what I would call the new wave of coaches who, honestly might be some of the best coaches in the NBA they're just so young and unproven and that includes Dagnot and that includes Will Hardy for me who I think is projects to be a phenomenal coach yes but but it's kind of too early and they haven't had a good team so it's hard to project on them but they do feel like the new wave that probably has some ideas behind them and maybe is the type they, they might have the leadership to be able to be a good like I don't know if they're like super personable people, but good enough to be like, no, they can lead this team without getting annoying. Brad
0: Stevens was got out at the right time. <laughs> Brad Stevens got out at the right time for him.
1: Well, he, I honestly think Brad Stevens got handed the wrong players. Yeah. You think so? I think Jalen Brown is like inevitably going to be a, like, I think Stevens was probably like, I can't do this. This is guy. It's not for me. Yeah. So I either, where do I go
0: from here? Um, do you, like,
1: you like that tier that I just talked about?
0: I do. That's a really astute really analysis. As and well. they could be like number two and three, honestly. It's just too early to say, and we don't yeah. know. T- Torek does ask, where would you rate Doc if he was still in the league? And here, my thing, I'm, I think Doc is top 10, definitely not top six. That's what I would say. Is Doc has a track record because it, when we talk about the relationships part of this, Doc is exceptional. The X's and O's party's not. like yeah. Doc runs too, too, way too much into, well, this is who we are, and this is what got us here. And most coaches want to start there, but there has to be a point where you're like, okay, it's time for the big adjustment, and it never came with Doc. Like, it just – he never made that change, not even with the 08 team. Like, it never came, and that, that caps him. But I will say under, that there's, there's the idea that he's here. There's the idea that he's I feel this way about Budenholzer where it's like there's this idea he's terrible. I'm like, guys, don't confuse like winning 50 games in the NBA with a top five player is not difficult, but there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong. And there's a lot of coaches who would fail at it. And those guys accomplishing it consistently, I think matters a lot.
1: Uh, one other guy I should put in this young coach's category is Taylor Jenkins. He's also there for yeah. me. There's another, like, those those three guys to me represent the – they're proven enough to know that they're innovators and they're creative and they see the game in an abstract way, but they're not proven enough to say, yeah, but what happens when their team is rip- supposed to win?
0: We just don't know that yet. A lot of pressure on Jenkins this year. It's going to be interesting. I'm really still really high on him. I'm surprised at the pressure, but he's definitely under – uh, But water.
1: he's a he's a good enough coach. And here's the other thing about Malone he's stamped now as a championship coach which is so huge for a coach if he were to get fired from denver there is another job for him like um, guaranteed and that's a different whereas if they didn't win last year and he got fired i still think there would have probably been a job out there for him but it would have been a lot more of a like not every job there would have been just a few and maybe they take a flyer and you got a
0: one-year window to prove it or whatever now i just think he's stamped All right, let's go wrap it up for Locked on Nuggets for a Friday. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back on Monday night with an episode on Nuggets culture. Make sure to tune in then. Make sure to turn on notifications on YouTube if you want to join the live show. If you're on Apple Podcasts, take a second and give us those five-star reviews. Help us out so much. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Nuggets. We'll be back uh, for you on the next show on Monday. Have a great Labor Day weekend, everybody. Enjoy it. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked on Nuggets.